Smashing idea, man. There, you idiot. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Yes, welcome to the Andy Staples Show. And who throws a shoe? Honestly. Correction to, to the referee from the Florida LSU game. It was not number 11. It was number three, Marco Wilson, chucking tight end Cole Taylor's shoe at the worst possible moment. Nicole Auerbach, you are here joining me. It's, a, it's an Andy Staples Show Power Hour combo. What the hell happened? First of all, I feel honored to be here to talk about this moment because it went from being a eh, kind of slate. You know, we lost some of the most high profile teams, a couple playoff caliber teams, decided to take a bye week heading into the ACC championship game. And then we were awarded with the most insane and dumbest and most Drunkest. entertaining yes, moment of the college football season. Like, this is what it, we will think of when we think of 2020 college football. Yes! It was the year that someone threw a shoe. And lost I, and cost themselves, like, a, a playoff bid, potentially, because they threw a shoe. This is way shoe. worse than pretending to pee on the field. Way worse. It's like... They saw peeing on the field and said, Uh I will raise you in a moment that has way more significance, way more, way more, way more at stake. And I'm going to try to do it when it's really foggy. So maybe no one will see it, which honestly, again, if you're going to throw a shoe, that's the right time to try it. Todd McShay saw it. So somebody saw it. Well, the ref saw that it went 20 yards. We got an, we got an estimated <laughs> there distance. There were three flags. Three flags come. I, I had no idea what happened. I just saw three flags come flying in. And I'm like, this was definitely something incredibly dumb, but I just don't know what it was. And then it was even dumber. It was, in, it was infinitely dumber than I ever imagined. So, so here's the thing. Like, what do you think? What is the goal of throwing a shoe. Like you're just frustrated or you're like, want to be it's annoying. It's frustration. It's celebration. You are celebrating because you just got the stop. That's going to win your team, the game, but you're not thinking, wait, at the very least, the throwing of this shoe constitutes delay of game. Well, well at but, the very least, but, but this is what I'm saying. Like, is it just to be annoying to the other guys who has to go w- walk over and pick it up? Yes. Or, okay. Because I'm saying like, because, again, otherwise, it's like, what are you really... It's like the couple that gets into a fight and one of them throws the car keys into the grass. It's true. He should have thrown... By the it... way, those couples never, never make it. He should have thrown his own shoe. But he didn't have his own shoe. He had Cole Taylor's shoe. Yes. And that's the thing. It was, it was passion. Now, the question I had... This was the burning question I had. Actually, we should probably reset it. If you didn't see the Florida LSU game which you probably have, or at least you've seen the highlights. LSU beat Florida 37-34. It is our first woe Martha moment of the season. 
Ari and I talked about this on Friday. There were no woe Martha moments at all this season. Well, now there's been one. So here's what's going on. I will reset the scene. It is third and 10 from LSU's 29. The ball game is tied at 34. If Florida gets the ball back, there is a reasonable chance that Kyle Trask will throw them into field goal range, if not into the end zone. And they will win the game. It will have been ugly, but they'll still be, you know, 9-1 and one, going to the SEC championship game with a chance to make the playoff by beating Alabama. Although nothing Saturday suggests they can beat Alabama. That said, the stop is made. It's also very foggy. Like the, the, right, the, it's the, extremely the atmosphere, foggy. The yes. atmosphere is intense. It's crazy. We're getting weird camera angles because the overhead shot is too foggy to show us. So there's just like weird energy. I just I just yeah. want that. So you're not you're not getting your usual side high sideline angle. You're getting the behind the the offense from the wire cam angle because it's the only camera low enough to be below the fog. Yes. And it gets very foggy here in Gainesville. I'll tell you that right now. The this isn't funny at all. There was a a situation a few years ago. Uh, there's a a place called Payne's Prairie, which is about 10 miles south of Gainesville, where it gets extremely foggy almost every day. And there was a like 27 car pileup on the interstate because it got so foggy. So that's the kind of fog that comes into Gainesville at times. And this is this was one of those just crazy fogs. So it's third and 10. Florida makes the stop after a gain of four. It's going to be fourth and six. LSU is going to have to punt the ball away. It's a minute 51 to go. Plenty of time for Florida to get into field goal range or even to, to score a touchdown. But Marco Wilson comes away with Cole Taylor's shoe and just chucks it. And the next thing you see are three flags converging on one. And, and the question I had, Nicole, was, was – because if you look, you see Amari Bernie from Florida, like kind of swing at Marco Wilson. And what I was trying to figure out, is he celebrating the stop or did he see him throw the shoe? And was furious. And now he's mad. Well, Amari Bernie did answer that question in the press conference. He did not know what had happened. He had seen the shoe flying, but he, it, didn't, it hadn't registered to him like, oh, wait, that's an LSU player shoe and that's going to be a penalty. So, no, that was a celebration of the stop. So conspiracy theories, we can, we can put those on hold. But, yeah, Dan Mullen apparently didn't know what had happened either. In the press conference, he's like, well, I guess that's a penalty. And somebody's like, he threw a shoe 20 yards. Again, the ref had an estimated down, like, distance of the yeah. throw. It was a detailed announcement, as we just heard. It was- I had never heard a referee. That was right up there with giving them the business. Yeah, I've ne- I've never heard. Well, I don't know. Have we? Ever, have you ever even seen a penalty like a throwing a shoe penalty? Like I, I've never no. even. I've, we've no. seen shoes fly off. You've seen helmets fly off. We've seen all of that, but it was it was truly incredible, and you knew right then that it was probably going to decide the game, and and it ultimately, you know, it required a fifty-seven yard field goal from Cade York. It By the way, is it easier to make a fifty-seven yard field goal if you cannot see the goalposts? Because he couldn't. The only way I was actually nervous about this. Like, what if the if the officials couldn't see that it for sure went through? But it right. was, it was just it was dead center. He so that destroyed was, that ball. That was really helpful because even when when Florida attempted the game tying field goal from fifty one yards out, I had a lot more trouble tracking that one, especially when yeah. it was like going in front of the the goalpost. But 
you needed those things to happen, but you could tell in the moment that it was the type of stupid penalty that was probably going to decide the outcome. That was one of those, it just, it, it ain't your night. Yep. You're, you're, not, you're not winning this game. And Florida had been awful yes. the whole game. Not, not just, you know, mistake after mistake. They actually played, in terms of just play to play, a fairly Florida game. They threw for a lot of yards. They gained a lot of yards. They just crushing penalties at times. And, and Kyle uh, Trask gets, made mistakes that we yes, hadn't seen him that he make. he doesn't usually make. Yeah. And then just that, that weird, wacky interception where it goes off of Kadarius Tony's hand, off of the cornerback's helmet, and then gets picked off. Now, that, that didn't amount to anything, that one. But you, there was a pick six earlier, which was definitely a Kyle Trask mistake. And, you know, it, it's just – it is interesting that – Ari and I were talking about this on Friday, that there, were, there had not been any of these results this season, and there's always one, and this was it. I think that it, we were due for something weird. We were due for something wacky. You mentioned the crazy intersect, interception. So you already had that happening. We had Army-Navy being played, A, on a full football Saturday, which was bizarre, yep. and also in the fog. And in yep. their fog, Army's uniforms completely blended in. <laughs> So you could as they're see. designed to do. It was the perfect camouflage. I was actually really proud of like our army in that moment. But you had all these weird things that were starting to happen because again, a lot of the top teams weren't playing. It was a whole big thing about, you know, the SEC and Greg Sankey taking shots at the ACC because they they let their two best teams not play this weekend, which Kind of wish you'd done that too, huh? Greg? Probably would have helped the SEC to not have Florida play this game. And Alabama didn't need to play, and then it was just you know a tune up for whatever. But- I just I, I, I like there were a lot of, there were a couple of Florida fans tweeting at me between the end of the Alabama game and the beginning of the Florida game because of Mac Jones's pedestrian day. Do you think Trask is is going to run away with the Heisman now? I'm like, you know they're playing next week, guys. Let's just let them let let's play the games, and then we'll we'll figure all that out. Well, and, and then at the same time that this is happening, USC UCLA is just going bonkers too like that yes. game had insane changes of momentum individual plays acrobatics so it, it was just it, it was it was it was coming together it's like one of those days in the, when you're watching the ncaa tournament and day one is all chalk so you just mm-hmm. know that day two is gonna be bizarre and so umbc is taking down virginia yes yeah. So, so it felt like we were trending into that territory. But honestly, like for me watching this, it went from, oh, this is kind of more, you know, annoying to watch through the fog than Army-Navy was to, oh, my God, this is my favorite college in the most college football moment of the entire oh. season in 30 and, seconds. And it was, it, it was a really great performance by LSU when you really think about everything that's happened to them in the past two, three weeks. Because, you know, this week it was our Gilbert just leaving the team opting out done bye and last week it was Terrace Marshall opting out and then you have all this internal strife and there was a rumor going around that like another eight players were going to quit the team at some point and they played their best game of the season and Max Johnson looked poised he wasn't perfect but you know if you're going to take a true freshman on the road in the SEC against a team that's supposed to beat you by 23 points, that's about as good a, a quarterback performance as you can expect. That was pretty amazing. It's just remarkable that they had this much fight left in them. Oh, and the defense that had been just maligned all year. And look, 
they didn't have the best game defensively. I mean, Florida moved the ball very well. Trask threw for 474 yards. But they did make big stops when it counted. They had the pick six. I mean, this is... This was a game, and, and Ari and I talked about this because we were talking about could, could there be a Woe Martha result, and I, I said something to the tune of, well, you know, a team that has really good athletes, every once in a blue moon, they might, even if they're bad, have terrible chemistry, they might put it all together. And then we very quickly dismissed that idea because we were like, there's no way. Florida's going to cover this. When's Florida pulling its starters? You know, so... I don't want to give us any credit for predicting this because we did not. We, we thought Florida was pulling starters at halftime. Yes, and it, it just – it was one of those games, again, Trask was making some uncharacteristic mistakes early. There were turnovers. We hadn't seen him really – I think he had, what, four interceptions on the season entering the game. And it, it was just – you know, and then you had the fog. You had just strange things starting to happen and mistakes. And then when you, when you let a team that, again, is having a season – where they, they were basically playing to avoid being the first team that won a national championship to be like under 500 since whenever, right? Like that was the type of history they were playing against. Right. And they still have to beat Ole Miss to get to 500. Yes. But, but it, it's, there's not much to play for. We have seen teams essentially opt out of the season, but yes. still play, go through the motions, right? Like we have seen teams that we've known have given up on this. And LSU didn't in this game. And and it was it was truly remarkable. It's also the kind of game, and again, to your point, it's not like the numbers were all that great, but it, it makes you wonder, is this like, are they going to talk themselves into keeping Bo Pelini because they beat Maybe. Florida? Like, it's, well, it's one of those well, types remember, of games. Remember, he's got to play Lane next week. All of these good feelings may disappear. This is true. This is true. But again, or they, on paper, or they may get reinforced. I don't know. Yeah, but again, on paper, that's what the, this shouldn't have been close. So it, it's no. it's just been it's been one of those years, and and I think too, you know, I don't think there was anything even even if they had somehow you know won the game, and you don't throw the shoe, and, and you get that stop, and you, you have a game winning field goal. I don't think anyone feels good about Florida matching there, up against Alabama. Yeah, this there would have been no confidence. But but here's the thing. If this game can happen, Florida beating Alabama conceivably could happen. I don't think it will, but it could happen. And, and that's the question I got to ask you now, Nicole, because that's, that's the one thing I think people are talking about right now is what if Florida beat Alabama? Would a two-loss SEC champion Florida make the playoff? And then what would you do with the one-loss Alabama team? And then what about A&M if they're 9-1 and one with a win against Florida? And then what if Notre Dame beats Clemson? If Notre Dame beats Clemson, that, that, that opens up more. I mean, because that probably knocks Clemson out. Or did you get two lost Clemson and two lost Florida? I, don't, I really don't know. I, I think that would be a very confusing situation for the committee because – the beating of Alabama has to mean something if you think Alabama is your number one team. But then could you just put Alabama in and not Florida, even though Florida just beat them? We haven't had a scenario where a team that's lost a championship game has made the playoff. Right. In its, in its you know, short era so far. We, ha- we have, however, had a team that lost the championship game make the BCS championship. That would be Oklahoma in 2003 after they lost to Kansas State. Or... When they played LSU. The LSU-Alabama rematch. 
Or was that well, not? They, no, they didn't meet in the championship lose, game. That's they, right. No, they, they met in the regular season. That's right. That's season, right. So, yeah. And, so, and LSU so, played Georgia in the championship game. That's right. Okay. So, you, so you've had – we've had weird things happen. And I think, like – and either way, because we could still see this happen if Clemson beats Notre Dame and then Notre Dame makes the playoff. It's just strange because I think recency bias and, and all that jazz, we're not used to thinking about teams that way. But I, I personally do think that Notre Dame has that cushion. I do too. I, I think if as long as that game is close, yep, they're and if Clemson wins, they're both in. Yes, and because they both have, they both would have the best win of the season. Yes, and so they'd have the best two wins of the season. Yes, and and I think too, you know, I mean, I do wonder, you know, how how it's all going to shake out now because of what North Carolina did to Miami and the way that they did that. Um, I, I think that makes even Notre Dame look good. I was just going to say that should even lock it in more. But then also, you know, it takes. A, well, I don't know. I guess Clemson's in essentially the exact same position. Yeah, and they are, and and so this is the pretzel. It feels like there's still the possibility of the ACC SEC Invitational if Florida would win and Clemson would win. But if that happened, if you had Clemson Notre Dame two-loss Florida SEC champion and one-loss Alabama SEC runner-up, that will instantly create an 18 playoff. Yes. There, there will be an 18 playoff next year if that happens. I can promise you that. Right, because at that point you'd be excluding a 6-0 conference champion Ohio State and a, a I mean, theoretically Maybe a, a 6-0, 6-0 USC. USC, USC and a Iowa State, like theoretical Iowa State Big 12 champion. Committee or likes Oklahoma, them. Yeah, either or one. Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it, that would be hard. It would be a hard sell to put in a, a two-loss Florida team over all those teams. And I think, you know, that, that was something I think Dan Mullen was, you know, deflecting off after the loss, um, you know, Saturday night and was saying, was asked about, you know, kind of to, to politic. It's politicking season. Dabo already this week was saying that he thinks they should be in if they lose to Notre Dame twice. Brian Kelly started politicking, I think, after game eight because he's like, well, we've played a Big Ten season now. Yeah, so 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 I get it, and I get that this talking point is an easy one for for ACC, SEC, um, and certain Big Twelve teams as well. But it, it's just you know, so so Dan Mullen after losing this game that they shouldn't have been in a close game in this situation anyway, is saying that they should have played fewer games because apparently that's the easier way to to make the playoff. Um, and and to me, I think that's again trying to deflect and distract after a loss. He did this after they lost to AM, was trying to blame right. it That's on when he the said, crowd. Pack the swamp or something. Pack yeah, the swamp. At, it, was, yeah. it was really loud. They had more than 20%, whatever it was. And we 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 all like we we were distracted. We we thought about that and, and we Not me. I'm the one who said he's doing hey look over there. Don't well, do it. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. But this is a talking point that we're already seeing out of the leagues that started earlier. Well and and look I don't blame them. You use whatever leverage you got, and yeah. they handled the whole season better than the Pac-12 and the Big Ten did, so use it. But here's the thing. It's all going to come down to eye test. Everybody wants to make it about something else, but this year, because of the mostly all-conference schedules, it will only come down to eye test. Yep. So if, if you think that Ohio State – well, not if you think. If the committee thinks that Ohio State is better than Texas A&M or is better than – Florida, or well, not Florida. Florida's, I think Florida's out of this. I, I mean, let's be realistic. What we saw tonight is not a team that can beat Alabama. No. Now, Kyle Pitts will be back next week. 
They they held him out of this game. But but but, but Kyle Pitts is an offensive player, correct? Correct. So, so Kyle defense. Pitts can't stop Devontae Smith. He <laughs> that, can't do anything to stop Devontae Smith. So yeah. yes. So that that's the problem. So I I don't think we need to worry about Florida in this situation. But Alabama will make it if they win. That's easy. Notre Dame makes it if they win. That's easy. Clemson makes it if they win, and then Notre Dame also makes it. Yep. Then you've got Ohio State, Texas A and M. Maybe and then what happens next? Yeah, maybe USC, maybe Iowa State. If we want, Ari, to Ari would say USC. Which, which I do not believe that one I, second they've had either. a horseshoe shoved up you know where all season. Yes, and I think the committee sees through them. Three final minute comebacks. You know, remember, remember when against we learned, not great teams. We learned about game control. Yes, and and some of these buzzwords to justify eye test. Uh, that's that's what comes into play here. Yeah, uh, that, that that they did not control the games. Yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, and, and I think the Pac-12, the, that might blow up politically, all of that. Because the, let's, let's, let's talk about the Pac-12 championship situation. I realize this probably doesn't affect the playoff at all, but I think it's fascinating. So because Stanford and Oregon State played, because they kicked off, divisions apply. Yes. So Divisions would have been eliminated otherwise. So Washington secured the Pac-12 North. While not Correct. playing, Correct. during the game, while USC was losing, they clinched, they clinched the matchup for the Pac-12 championship. Right. Now, Colorado lost earlier Saturday to Utah. So that took Colorado, which was previously undefeated, out of the mix. UC, uh, USC is going for the South. They're undefeated. Oregon would have had a chance to play Washington for a spot in the title game, except Washington couldn't play. Now, here's the other thing about this, Nicole. Who is to say that Washington will be capable of playing in the Pac-12 championship? That game? is a very good point, which is why it's fascinating that they've already said, if Washington can't play, Oregon will. And if USC right. can't, Colorado will. But what is the deadline on that? And, and what, what are you supposed to do? I guess you just prepare, practice and pr- Prepare for both. And they just give you a game if you don't get in. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it's fascinating because, and this was potentially a situation that could have come up if the Big Ten didn't change the rules, mm-hmm. and if Indiana was was slated right. to to play. So, so you know, it's it's really fascinating. And again, it's sort of like these conferences that put themselves into rigid frameworks and rigid rules on these things just. Clearly, that was not the right approach in 2020. You should have been as fluid as possible, not set minimums. Are you saying that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 screwed something up when it came to the framework of this season? Well, my question is, if you decide you're coming back, you you know you have no room for error. Right. Why set minimums? Why, you know, why do these Because they're bad at this. I mean, let's be honest. They've made every wrong decision you can make. They're just bad at this. What's... Oh, I and I, say- I honestly think a lot of it's arrogance because they couldn't just do what the other leagues were doing because we can't do what those troglodytes in the South do. They're, they're dumb. They just want football. They don't care about humans. They don't care about the student athlete. So we must do it differently. I like this accent, whatever this I is. I know. <laughs> is this your like, it's, like Michigan president it, voice? It's my, it's my nine Big Ten schools that voted <laughs> to postpone accent. <laughs> So, I, it, but it, seriously, I, I think that's part of the reason why they were so rigid. And 
Now, the, the Pac-12 wasn't as rigid. In fact, they might have been almost too fluid because any any number of things could happen on Saturday that could have completely changed the, the, the situation for the championship game. Yes. So, so I think that we saw a couple of – like the college football playoff thought about going down certain paths too. Like I remember talking to Bill Hancock throughout the summer mm-hmm. into the fall about whether or not they were going to set a minimum. That was something that they thought about, like maybe a six-game yep. minimum. Same thing that the Big Ten ended up doing. So it's not like these ideas came out of nowhere. People were trying to figure out how to standardize things or, again, add some element of fairness or an equal playing field in a year that there was never going to be an equal playing field and teams were not going to play the same amount of games. So what's funny is you end up having, um, you know, People talking about, you know, oh, you know, we're evaluating and, and we could justify um, a 5-0 and Ohio State team in at number four. So then you have Brian Kelly making jokes about, oh, it's great to hear that like a 12th game versus a 13th game won't matter. <laughs> exactly. And then you have Dan Mullen saying, you know, oh, you should play an easier schedule, whatever. And so we're like, oh, great. So then Big Ten, Pac-12 people are like, oh, so you're going to play an extra conference game moving forward to be as challenging as, as we are, you know, in a exactly. different year? Like it, everyone is everyone is talking themselves to the opposite standpoint that they normally have. I know. I, I was laughing point. so hard when the ACC did what it did to give Clemson and, and Notre Dame the bye week. Or open date. Sorry. Open my date. My editor, Dan Uthman. I'm not allowed to say bye week. I'll make you mad. Uh, and then Greg Sankey said, well, that's odd, you know, playing less conference games to make it easier to make the playoff. And I'm like, wait, you don't get to say that. Every year you do that. And, well, it was great, too, because you also had, like, Miami fans and, and Florida State fans and people complaining that, you know, the ACC was doing too much to protect its best teams, which, like, they want that to happen when it's them. It's, it's, they, created, it's, they created their division so you, Miami, and you, Florida State, would play in the title right. game every year. You just screwed it up by not making it most this times. Year, this year has been hilarious with all of these contradictions. Everyone's getting their talking points wrong, like, and we will just get to throw this in their faces forever. And be like, Dan Mullen, you said that you wanted more credit for playing a better schedule. So shouldn't Ohio State next year? Shouldn't Ohio State get more credit for playing a, big, a tougher schedule than you? You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna reuse them, like uh, save them. But for- nobody remembers them. They don't they don't carry over. Yes, That's the do. problem. We'll, we'll I mean, they carry them. over to us. We'll we remember them. them. We we'll oh, yeah. remember them. We'll remember they them. won't remember them. But this is this is gonna be a very interesting final week because. You know, people are going to be mad no matter what. People are going to be mad if Ohio State makes the playoff. People are going to be mad if Texas A&M makes the playoff. People are going to be mad if Clemson and Notre Dame both make the playoff, which is probably going to happen if Clemson wins. So it's just this was designed to screw everybody up and make everybody mad. But I do think the playoff, you know, selection committee and has done the best it can because it was handcuffed to the eye test from the get-go. The moment the league said we're playing mostly conference games – they were bound to the eye test. And and the one result, like the one thing that we know is that the Sunbelt teams beat the Big 12 teams. That's exactly right. And, 3-0, baby. And they have not reflected that whatsoever in the rankings. Oh, by the way, and just so people don't think this is this, all this stuff just goes on in the Power Five, you know who was super pissed to be playing at Troy on Saturday? Coastal Carolina. They were scared to death of this game, and with good reason, as you saw, Troy, which hadn't had a full complement of players all season, had one today Mm. and almost beat Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina gave up a touchdown with about a minute to go. Fortunately for the Chanticleers, Grayson McCall marched them right down the field, and they won the game. But they were mad because 
the Raging Cajuns are sitting at home. They're at Troy, and they're going to go play the Raging Cajuns next week for the for the league title. They've already beaten the Raging, Raging Cajuns on the road. This is as close as the Sun Belt will ever be to a New Year's Six Bowl. And, and they almost enough. screwed it up for their but, team. But, but they're not. They're, but they're also not close enough. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the college football playoff committee every year, like it puts so much. You know, we, we hear about those strength of schedule. We hear about those non-conference games and how they match up and compare different conferences and top teams. And we know that the Sun Belt teams, we the ones, and there's a couple of them in the poll, and they're behind teams that they beat. Like, why yeah. is Louisiana where it is when Iowa State is where it is? State, why is Coastal right. Carolina so far down? Why is Coastal Carolina lower than Cincinnati? Right? Like, the, so, so my point is, like, the, the, the comparison that we do have, the data that we have, they're not using. So even, it just, again, reiterates that this is all about the eye test. In, in normal years, they, they have more data points to kind of backtrack and justify it. But this year, it's just the eye test. And yep. they put Ohio State in their top four when they had four wins. At that point, they thought that was one of the four best teams in the country. Because they were. And they yeah. still are. And they still are. <laughs> and they're going to be. And so it's – people are going to be angry. People are going to be really mad. I, I, you know, I think we've all learned, you know, if we didn't somehow know before 2020 that people are angry all the time, all you had to do was have Sarah Fuller kick a field goal at Vanderbilt. and Extra the, point. Oh, sorry. Two extra two points. Two of them. So almost a field goal point-wise. Uh, yep. Two extra points. And people get angry, right? So people get angry about everything oh, yeah. all the time. But I think you're right that this is going to be a particularly annoying week. It's going to be a lot of politicking and a lot of complaining well, for every I think, which I way. I think Dabo has proven that my method of selecting the fourth team is the best one because he, he, he did it this week. He, he went out there and said it. So what I think should happen when we know who the first three are but we don't know who number four is, is we kidnap the coach – of the number one seeded team. We dose him with, is it sodium pentothal? Whatever the truth serum is. And we say, Why would who you do know you know what that is? Have you looked this don't up Don't ask. <laughs> don't listen. I, I don't want to talk about my past. Okay. All right. So, but you take this, you, you, you know, you've, you've got him strapped to a chair. You've, you've dosed him. And you say, okay, these are the two teams we're considering for number four. Who do you most want to play? And it is stupid. You're like, I want to play Texas A&M. And they'll go, great, we're picking Ohio State. Prepare to play Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl, baby. Did, did, did Dabo actually endorse this uh, very elaborate He ruse? didn't know he was doing it at the time. Oh, okay. But I, I don't he, remember that news cycle. His, his complaining about Ohio State in the Big Ten was very much of me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Like, mm. that's who I don't want to play. Give me the Aggies. You know what I want? And this is something that I think we'll also start to realize later in the week. Even if Clemson, Notre Dame, the second is great, I don't want a third one like two weeks later. So I, however that shakes out. I I think there's a lot of non-Clemson fans rooting for Notre Dame, which is weird because most people hate Notre Dame on, you know, just because they hate Notre Dame. But yes, just to keep that from being a, a, a trio of games and leave it at a duo, and, and really, because it opens up another spot. Because, all right, let's, let's game this one out, Nicole. Alabama wins. Notre Dame wins. So I think Ohio State gets one of those spots. But then who gets the fourth spot? Texas A&M? Cincinnati? It's not a Big 12 team. 
Could it be, though? No. You don't think Iowa State could get up there, considering how much the committee They lost loved. to the Raging Cajuns! That doesn't matter to the Put committee! Put the freaking Clears in there if you're going to do that! I would love to see that! Okay, Oklahoma lost to K-State and Iowa State. Does that team need to be in the playoff? I think that the committee... What's its best win? Weirdly, weirdly loves the Big 12. Why I else? Weird, I think they begrudgingly take Big 12 teams knowing they're going to get smoked. But like my, my thing is, if Cincinnati were to have a shot in this scenario that you just described, they wouldn't have had them to get jumped last week. That was to signal. I don't, I don't think I don't think they like Cincinnati. No. I don't I don't think they do. It's, it's think, a and M. I think it's A and M in that situation. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is it is Alabama and you get it now, here's what you don't want, but you're gonna get it anyway. Alabama A and M rematch in the Sugar Bowl. Could you probably could you put Ohio State behind them? You could if you if you really wanted if you really wanted to do it for the brand, for the ratings. Mm. They say they don't, but yes, you could say Ohio State didn't play enough games, and therefore we felt like they needed to be number four, mm. when really what you're trying to do is set up an Alabama-Ohio State Sugar Bowl, which everybody on earth will watch. Yes. Um, yeah, this sounds like uh, you know a, a lot of hypotheticals and uh, some very angry people, no matter it's how- we're not lawyers, because lawyers never want to talk hypotheticals, but we will. Or Greg Sankey who also doesn't like to talk hypotheticals. There are certain commissioners that won't go there. But then I, I think that, again, we, this, is, this is talking season again. I mean, I know we refer to that as, you know, kind of the, the media day circuit. Oh, no, this, but is, that's- this is politicking season. This is, you, you know, you, you thought we were done with all that when they had an election. No, no, this college football is all politics for the next week. And then, yes. and then it'll, all, it'll all disappear. We'll all complain about it on Sunday when they announce the teams that are in the playoff. But then we'll just get ready for the games because the games are going to be in nine days. Yes, which actually or feels like... 11 days. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a little bit less than two weeks. It, it actually will feel like a luxury for these coaching staffs and these poor GAs who have been preparing for opponents like on three days notice. So actually, they'll be really well prepared for these semifinals. That's exactly right. Nicole, it has been a pleasure. This has been amazing. A guy threw a shoe... And an insane game got more insane. We had our first Woe Martha moment of the season, which I am, I'm, you knew it was going to happen. We have an incredible mess heading into the playoff discussion. Next week, we have championship games where, conference championship games where we still don't know who's going to play in them. Looking at you, Pac 12. I mean, we think we know, but we aren't entirely sure. And then, we're going to have this incredible argument for like, no, I don't know, about 16 hours. And then it'll all be over. Well, I just, I, I appreciate, again, and, and I'm honored to be on to discuss the shoe that was thrown. And, and I want to just end on this note, Andy. I would never throw a shoe at you. I just want you to know that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of clips of that George W. Bush getting a shoe thrown at him at the, at the summit. Uh, I didn't see Nikita Khrushchev banging his shoe, though I felt like people might come out with that. Uh, yeah, I, who throws a shoe? Come on. Honestly. We'll talk to you after the playoff rankings.